If your intentions are to connect to someone under the guise of getting to know their challenges, but with the expectation of selling to them, then you should be afraid because you're going to have internal conflict throughout that whole conversation. I was like disgusted at uh, the amount of manipulation and just all of the BS that <laughs> went into a career like that. Until I started doing deep work that addressed my identity and my values to the core, it wasn't until I did that that I started seeing any change at all. And that's when true change happened to me. You are now listening to The Oliver Manley Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Oliver Manley Show. I am your host, Oliver Manley's. This is where we get a chance to speak with high achievers like entrepreneurs, authors, and leaders about how they navigate adversity and transform it into triumph. On the show today, we have the incredible Byron Van Pelt. But before we dive in, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and so on. You can find all the subscribe links at olivermanalise.com forward slash show. There, you'll also get the full episode list, show notes, resources, and more. This episode is brought to you by Reinvention Roadmap. This is a two-day training I run to help you gain clarity, direction, and confidence in navigating your next big breakthrough. The next Reinvention Roadmap is happening the weekend of March 2nd and March 3rd, 2019. A big reason why I created this is that after working one-on-one with high performers for seven years... I've learned one important lesson. What got you here won't get you to what's next. This is why we learn the 10 steps of aligned reinvention. This is the framework I use with my one-on-one clients over a 12 to 18 month period. And it's all synthesized into two jam-packed days. So if you're ready for a breakthrough in your life, relationships, and business, head over to reinventionroadmap.ca for tickets and details. And as a special thank you for being a committed listener to the show, use the promo code OMSHOW to save yourself 10% off. That's O-M-SHOW. Save yourself 10% off. Seats are limited to 12. So please make sure you get your tickets now at reinventionroadmap.ca. Promo code OMSHOW. Today we have the powerful Byron Van Pelt. Byron is a coach, a strategist, and overall a beautiful human being. I've actually had the opportunity to spend a lot more time with Byron over the past few weeks. We've been getting to know each other even more, helping support each other. And I can say that my interactions with him have had a profound impact on my life in the past few weeks. And this makes me even more excited to share with you my interview with him. So, so honored to be able to truly call Byron a friend and colleague. On the show, we talk about what got him into the world of coaching at the young age of 23 years old the success and consequences of aggressive manipulative sales tactics, the value of building authentic, genuine relationships, and what impact working with people he feels called to work with has been. How he went from just getting by to literally 5Xing his rates as a coach and tapping into a new level of abundance. Going from the mindset of what's in this for me, what's in it for me, to what is the truth that I see. We talk about what he sees is missing in the coaching, leadership, and personal development world, how looking at his identity and values became the new foundation for his life and business, and we talk about this and so much more. My friend, this is a true honor that I share with you my conversation with Byron Van Pelt. 
You're now listening to The Oliver Manley Show. I'm your host, Oliver Manley's. I have an incredibly beautiful guest. His name is Byron Van Pelt. He is a business strategist, a coach, and consultant who focuses on helping entrepreneurs grow lucrative businesses from a place of transparency and authenticity. At 23 years old, Byron found himself thrust into a business culture where sales strategies and tactics were manipulative and focused on convincing customers to hand over their hard-earned money. And though he was successful at it, Byron slowly found himself spiritually bankrupt. With the support of mentors and colleagues, he shifted direction. He committed to serving from truth, owning his value to others, and with literally no online presence, he experienced a major breakthrough in enrolling high-paying clients. This led to a $25,000 month, and everything began to change since then. From seeing Byron's work, you'll see that he blends acknowledging the importance of tools and strategies with placing a greater value on who we are, why we do what we do, having a deeper connection with our customers, and serving them powerfully. I was actually introduced to Byron by past guest Kevin Dubrowski. We had a short conversation just a few weeks ago. I could feel how aligned we were in our values and our perspectives, and I just knew he'd be an incredible guest to have on the show. Byron, it's an incredible honor to have you on. And thank you so much. Oliver, that's a heck of an introduction. I'm going to actually go back and watch this slash listen to it and take what you said and be like, that's my new bio. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this because I'm like, dude, that's such a good summary of the journey I've been on, man. I, I'm likewise, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I want to provide as much insight as I can into the wild ride that's been my business career. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So I would love for us to get a snapshot of a day in the life of Byron. So we have a little bit of context of where your life is right now, and then we'll go backwards in time. Yeah, man. Um, it's interesting because now, as of January, I'm totally on my own in terms of uh, my business. So it's just me. Um, whereas in the past, you know, different careers where I was either consulting with or part of different teams or businesses, et cetera. This year, it's just me. So this year has been interesting because it's just totally, I set the entirety of my schedule. So day-to-day can fluctuate tremendously. Um, this past week, I've been, we were just talking about this before I hopped on, I was working on a proposal uh, for a new business offering my partner and I are putting together. So today it's been just heavily working on that. Um, I might hop off and, and work with a client for a session or two or have a, a call with my partner and kind of discuss, pick each other's brain. Um, and then it's after the workday is done, which is usually five o'clock-ish, maybe 5.30, uh, go off and it's family time. It's it's I'm spending time with my wife, my daughter. Uh, we have a little one that's on the way as well. He's due in February, so there's going to be four of us now. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm looking to balance the that dynamic so that I leave the business world at the door and I have a nice sundown where I can spend it with my family, recharge, have fun, put the laptops, put the phones away, and uh, balance out. And I got to tell you, man, like it was. Having that much freedom was a challenge at first, but I think I'm starting to finally get into the groove there. But um, yeah, that's a, that's typically a day in my life. I love it. Sounds beautiful. And how, how old are your kids? So how how old's your kid? So she was born. Let's see, June of last year. So that would be a year and what four or five months now, roughly. Yeah. So well, she's 16, about 17 there. month old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, God, man, time flies with that. It's it's fascinating to watch her grow and like develop language and and like 
do the things that we do. She's like modeling us and copying us. It's, it's bizarre, but it's amazing. How has that <laughs> shifted the way that you operate business, your business? I think I've developed um, a lot more patience. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's one of the things that being a parent really demands of you is, is to be very patient. Um, patient with how quickly my child is catching on to things. Patient with my wife and, and what she has to deal with. Patient with myself, how we can have short tempers because we're both low on sleep or energy or you know, watching her can be a full-time job. Um, and so it's developed for me, not just the patience with other people, but the patience for letting things develop. So, and I guess in a business sense, being able to not necessarily um, have a, such a rushed feeling of, all right, we've got to come in, attack this and make this happen. I think it's really softened me. And so that I have more of a perspective now, especially with clients. I think my, uh, my heart has opened up tremendously to where, whereas in the past, I guess I used to operate more from what do I need to say or do to make this work? And now it's more so like, what do I need to allow? Um, what, what's, what's the truth here? Um, how am I honoring my potential client's heart? How am I honoring my own heart? What feels meant to be? So the, the process of having a father has just grown my heart. It's just opened it up and it's, it's grown significantly. Wow, I love that. It sounds like you've softened a little bit and there's just a completely different perspective because when we were talking about where you're coming from like what your backstory was it seems so different yeah man you, it was can you it was share very, with us what 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 it was like what what were some of the defining moments of your life that has led to where you are right now where you seem more you seem grounded you seem uh relaxed and even in the way that you present the work that you do and what motivates you to do the work that you do, it just seems just centered. It just seems very clear. Yeah, man. Thank you. Um, it certainly did not used to be that way. I think for me, um, I got thrown into the world of sales and I say thrown in. I mean, I obviously chose to get into this world. Um, but I guess it was more happenstance because I graduated with a degree of film and uh, I went out to Hollywood when I was young and this was the start of the recession. This was 2009, 2010. Uh, it was actually halfway through the recession. And so finding a job in that career was difficult, but I also became disillusioned with the industry itself. And so I just realized, okay, I don't know if I want to work my way up through Hollywood. I don't know if this is my calling. So what's plan B? And here I am in California. I had no idea. I had just a handful of friends out there, no family, no other contacts, no opportunities. So what's a guy to do with a degree that's that's basically not being utilized at all? Well, I got into the one career that's always hiring, which is sales. Um, and as I'm going through and developing these skills and doing things like going door to door or cold calling or doing warm lead follow up, online marketing, offline marketing, direct marketing, uh, network marketing, every kind of sales thing possible I've done in some context. Throughout that whole process, you know, the, what I'm realizing is, well, wait a minute, I'm responsible for my own income here. So that led to personal development and it led to me hiring my own coach. And that also led to me, uh, him actually telling me, I think you would be a great coach. And I found, you know what, my sales skills, one of the things that I developed in being in all these cutthroat industries, and I remember 
there were times when um, I had a sales job where it would start at 7 a.m. We were in California. It would start at 7 and then go until 1 o'clock. So I had to come into the office at like 6.30, just like brain dead, um, hating the work there. The culture was just very, um, if you don't make money, we're firing you today. Just like there's this tremendous pressure. And we had a one-call close to convert customers into for prospects into customers with basically a 45-minute conversation selling them a, like a $3,000 car warranty. So it was just insane. Like Looking back on it, I was like disgusted at uh, the amount of manipulation and just all of the BS that <laughs> went into a career like that. So when someone told me like, hey, you know what? I, I think your skill set can be better used in the world of coaching. I was initially both very excited, but I was very skeptical. I'm like, I was 23. So I was thinking, who is going to listen to me as a 23-year-old coach? Who would be crazy enough to hire me? But um, I just discovered a love for it. And I discovered that I could actually obviously help people um, on their path to uh, developing a healthier, more balanced life. And in the course of doing that, I had these sales and marketing skills after doing anything and everything under the sun around marketing. So I was also helping them build their businesses. And so um, that was really an interesting process for me because I got out of the um, – the world of just do whatever it takes to make the sell. And I was now in this world of really helping people. But one of the things that informed my journey, as you said, is I still wasn't quite aware of how much manipulation was even being done in the world of coaching. I thought I had gotten out of all that. I thought now I'm going to be in a more sincere, like this is my calling, my passion. And so what happened was I was, I was the lead trainer for the, the coaching business. It was my mentor's company. Um, so I ended up getting trained as a coach, certified and all that. I joined his team and I played a pivotal role in helping him build that business up to seven figures. Um, but what was interesting was, though, even though I was helping all these people and it, it was my full time work, I was able to step away from the world of selling and just focus on this. I still felt really unfulfilled. And it was really strange because here I had, you know, on the surface, I'm helping people do what I quote unquote love. And yet I've got 23 clients. I'm working with one-on-one. I feel totally burned out. And the process of going and getting these clients just feels wrong in some way, but I couldn't put my finger on it because I had, I had resigned myself to the fact that, well, this is just how you grow business. It's business is, is, is this animal and this is how you feed it. This is how you do it. And so we utilized a lot of tactics to get clients. Um, what kind of tactics? Was, yeah, it's, uh, it was still a very high-pressure one-call close. Um, so it, a lot of exploiting vulnerabilities. So I would, I would go to seminars like crazy. I would go to probably two seminars a month. Um, so I'd probably be like 20 over the course of a year, flying all over the country. And uh, meeting people at personal development events and then staying in touch with them and then inviting them into an introductory session with myself or with uh, the, the lead of our company. And yeah, the call was just always a one call close. It was um, let's kind of probe or dig for your vulnerabilities, where you have weak spots, where you could use help. And then let's leverage those into why you should sign up as a client. And then let's let's use a little bit of guilt, a little bit of scarcity by raising the price if you sign up later, uh, talking about how the conditioned mind, when you feel like you need to do something, you got to take action on it now and not wait. So all this BS wow. uh, process. And the thing was, like, I was blind to it. I was blind to it because I just thought 
these are how the people in all these seminars are selling. These are how the people that I look up to are selling. This is just, if you're not converting, you're just not good enough. So you, you just got to get better. Um, but it was interesting. My heart, I think, knew all of this was wrong the entire time. And my head just wouldn't see it. Even my wife was pointing things out like, are you, are you sure this is right? Like, are you, are you sure? That you're, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd always justify it. Yeah, no, it's just how it's done. Did it play? Uh, did it play out, or was it reflected in the outcomes with your clients? Like, how committed were they? Did they, um, did they, did they end contracts early? Did, were there issues because of those tactics? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, like <laughs> I can, my, I can uh, hear it in the tone <laughs> of your voice. Like it's still heavy there. Yeah, the 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 call that I would always dread was uh, the owner of our company calling me up um, saying, hey, this person uh, just left me a voicemail saying they want out of the coaching. So we had a one-year contract in addition to that. So not only they had one month to kind of test to see if they wanted to stay in the mix, but um, you know, after they stayed in, they had to fulfill payments for the entire year. Um, and so I would, get, I would get calls like, hey, so uh, so-and-so wants out of their, out of their work. I need you to call them back and coach them into staying. It's basically like the exact language that was used. Coach them through it is what was being said. And so I'd hop on a call and, I, and I'd feel just tremendous conflict of like, what do I say to convince this person? And I would start stumbling over my words. And it was, I think it was my soul just saying, I can't say this authentically. Like, you need to let this freaking person go, dude. <laughs> like, they want out. But I'm like saying, if you if you leave, uh, then this will happen, and this momentum will go down, and like just all this stuff. And I'm like, so it goes back to the same, uh, like here's a fear, and here's a scarcity, and yeah, a lot of that that same stuff. So I guess um, my point was, in, in going through that, yeah, like I just I operated under the misconception that um, it was the the, that our solution was the solution for everyone. And what I found was like, there, there are some clients that I still work with to this day that actually went with me when I left this company. There's actually a specific kind of person that resonated a lot more where they felt like, no, actually, I love working with you. I, I genuinely have a desire to stay here. And then those coaching sessions were the most fun I had. It didn't feel like work. That's when it felt like it was alive. It was the people that I could just tell didn't want to be there they, they felt, I could tell they were in the mix due to pain and fear and trying to avoid something as opposed to it being something they were actually working toward. And even now, like as I, as I talk to you about that, I think that's an insight I'm having as I reflect. So that was some of the core differences. So yeah, I mean, like those are some of the elements of uh, what I went through to get here. So it sounds like the sales process and then the retention process was a little icky but when you were actually in the coaching aspect of it and supporting people that it was like, you didn't have that same feeling. Is that accurate? Yeah. I think with a good chunk of the, of the people, again, like I think some, some clients that we had that were, they weren't signed up by me directly, but that was given as a referral. Very first phone call. We're like, I, I don't know if I can make these payments. This is a lot of money. I don't know if I can do this. And then that would, that would get rehashed, you know, like uh, every session. And so there was just also tremendous guilt for me. Like I, I can't even, I'm not, I, I'm not allowed, put that in quotes, to like let them leave. Like I have to keep them on board. 
the team. And so those calls were like extremely training. Uh, but it was more so the people that I felt like a real kinship with, like that I would be friends with them regardless of this coaching context. Like if I just met them, I'd be like, hey, let's go out, let's have a drink, let's go, let's go talk, let's spend time getting to know one another. Those are the people that I really enjoyed those calls with and I felt like I was building something forward. Um, and, and I think it's really informed, and I know we'll talk about this later, it's informed how I go about choosing the clients I work with now. To me, there are there, there's no more tactics. Um, it's in fact all very straightforward with, I genuinely like this person, I genuinely want to help them. I get a sense they genuinely like me because I genuinely understand them and like I really feel a connection. Like it almost feels like I'm meant to serve them on this journey as opposed to it just being, um, okay, what do I need to say to get their money? Um, and it's just been way more fulfilling. But I think I had to go through this very cutthroat approach because at the same time, um, I've connected with hundreds of coaches this year alone, and I know one of the biggest challenges for coaches is that we tend to be very soft in the world of marketing and business. And um, we tend to be a little too permissive, um, play a little too small, charge way too less or way too little, and not really have the ability to combine our authenticity and desire to help people with the skill set of actually making money. And that's what I've been fascinated with uh, this year in particular. I would, yeah, I would love for us to get into that because that part is super, super intriguing for me. And it's, it's like right up my alley. And at the, at the same time, I would love to know what was driving you? Like what was driving you to continue putting on the mask, so to speak, and then doing those hard sales tactics? Was there something that you were trying to prove or someone you were trying to impress? Or did you have your own uh, like fear or scarcity and you were just like, okay, I got to make sure that I, I keep this client, I keep this revenue or I might lose my job or like, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was fear. Um, I think what I've realized is there's a point in my life, and I've seen this with a lot of really cool, high-energy people, too. I think there's a point in our journey, and this is a belief I have, because I've seen it in myself and I've seen it in others, where we go from perceiving things, perceiving the world, perceiving business, perceiving opportunity from a place of what's in this for me compared to just what's the truth and, and what I'm seeing, whether it's, it's, it can support me or not, just what is the truth here? What is the actual, and not truth with a capital T, but what's the truth that I see, that I'm fully congruent with, where I know I'm not lying to myself or them in any capacity, I'm just being completely straight. So there was a fear before I could, I could operate from that place of what's in it for me? How, how do I make this useful for me? How do I survive with my wife and raise a family? I remember the, the first uh, year, we did taxes um, once my wife and I moved in together in our, in our first home five years ago. And uh, we go down and, and I, I bring my income to the accountant there. And um, I remember she was like this 90-year-old woman at a H&R Block. And she's like reviewing the numbers for the year. And uh, she gets down and she's like, oh, didn't make much money last year, did you? And I was like, it was such a gut punch because this woman's like my grandmother and she's like telling me and i'm like oh god i gotta step it up how do this is the h&r block lady yeah like h&r block woman in the strip mall is telling me that i gotta step my game up i'm like oh man 
So there was a there's a fear of actually making my coaching career viable, but there was also an anger in me. There was an anger to prove the value of coaching, because um, I'd, I'd go to events and I'd meet people and and I'd be like, you know, hey, here's who, here's who I am and what I do. I'm a life coach, and people would be like, a life coach. They'd either be confused and be like, what what does that even mean? And I try to explain it. They're like. Uh, oh, you're like a therapist? And it's like, no, but uh, forget it. You can make or, money doing that? <laughs> yeah, they're like, what are you talking about? Or they'd be like, oh, you're a life coach. Oh, that's that's cute. That's nice. Great. That's cute. It's like, yeah. It's, the, so I just that, to, that is a gut punch to me. Yeah, man. It was just like I, I couldn't articulate the value of what I did except through the force of <laughs> – you're going to have this coaching experience. You're going to like it. Damn it. Your life is going to be transformed. And then you're going to pay us money. Um, and so I just went you know, way off the deep end that direction. But again, that was, that was what was being promoted in the culture I was in. I was in a very seminar-heavy personal development world where that was the number one uh, success driver was how much money are you making? Mm. What is your image? Um, was that reflected other- in your upbringing at all? It was to an extent like I was I was raised like upper middle class. Um, and so the kids that I went to school with are all very money conscious um, and very image conscious, too. And again, we're not above you know doing whatever it takes to manipulate and take advantage of other people. And so I think my point is like I was just a fish that wasn't aware I was in water. So, you know, someone could point and say, hey, did you know you're in water? I'd be like, what? what are you talking about? This is just what do you, what is water? What? What? I was confused. Um it wasn't until you mentioned in the bio where I had other people that were far more successful and doing it in a way more authentic way, kind of point these things out to me. And some of them were my best friends that I started waking up to what the hell was going on. Um, and it felt like that moment when, uh, if you've seen the matrix, when, uh, Neo wakes up in that, in that pod and he's got all the stuff like stuck to the back of his neck and his head and he like wakes up gasping for air and he looks around and he's like pods everywhere. It was like that kind of feeling. And I was like, I got to get out of here. That was this, like a mo- the moment of truth for you. Yeah. It was like, this is not good. Um, and I remember it was, it was interesting. I had hired a mentor, um, while I was still, uh, on the last few months of working with my old coach and I was working with both of them and the, the duality there was like really, really mm. fascinating. Um, so I, my old, my new mentor was telling me, you got to raise your prices. You should be going for four to 5,000 a month. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can do it. I'm going to give it a shot. And I think it was like 30 days later, I landed my first client for 15 grand. And I was telling my other coach this. For I didn't context, can you share what that, what that means? What, it, what yeah. it was and what that program means, like how many weeks and all that. Yeah, man. So she had hired me for four months for 15000 uh, to build her coaching business. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a mix of coaching and consulting. And I think right around that time, I really started clarifying, I want to serve coaches on, on my journey. That's really what I want to do. I want to be – I want to give coaches – Things so they can go out and kill in their business, but do so in a completely manipulative, free way, um, in a completely authentic way. And the more I got in touch with, like, who am I to the core? What am I obsessed with? What really aggravates me? What kind of changes do I really want to see? It was all in the, in the industry of coaching. And so I made that shift. So, anyways, um, I'm going about now. It was cool. 
I will give the old position credit. I could go out and get clients on my own that had nothing to do with that old coaching group. So there was flexibility there, which I, I thank God for every day. So I bring in a new client for 15 grand. Now, the coaching group at the time, the highest level rate that we could generate a client at was $1,000 a month. That was it. That was the highest it could go. So here I am telling this guy, hey, really? I just got a client for um, 15 grand. And he's telling me, like, well, did she, is she, is she put money down? Has she put skin in the game yet? Is she, I'm like, well, no, like we're, we're going back and forth. He's like, eh, she's not going to sign up because you didn't close her on the first call. So he's like polluting my mind with all this BS. And there was a point when I hung up the call and I was just like so furious. I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm out. And it, the reason it wasn't an easy decision, like why didn't you leave this group earlier again was the fear. Like this was my meal ticket. How long were you there for? I was there for, let's see, 2011 to 2017, so six years. Wow. I was there for six years. Was um, there a overseas. point where the inner conflict came to a head? And, and how did you experience that? Like, what did, what did that look like? Yeah, I, I think that that phone call was, was probably a good chunk of it, um, where I literally hung up. I nearly hung up on him because I just felt like this guy is just, reinforcing my limitations here um I'm, I'm creating in a way that he no longer believes is possible and and this is really that's not it's not good i got to get away um another one came when i took a long road trip and um i had done a tony robbins event and this was really weird because um this was like unleash the power event and again this is how i would i would generate clientele i'd go to big seminars like this meet people and clients i literally couldn't get myself to interact or connect with anyone at this event. Um, the way that you would have. The way before. that I would have. And in, in, in addition to that, I'd already been working with um, my new mentor. I just felt like an alien in that room. Like I just felt like this isn't for me anymore. Like the, these people, I, I don't connect, I don't resonate with them anymore. I don't resonate with the, with the message anymore. Um, I don't know if this is how I want to grow myself or my business anymore. And I left that, that seminar early and on the road trip back, I was reflecting. I was actually down on myself and I was frustrated. Like, why didn't I put in more effort to connect and meet more people? And then I realized that's just not who I am anymore. That's not how I want to build business anymore. That's not how I want to interact with people anymore. That's not me. And so I started asking myself, what is me? And that's when I really started pivoting toward, I've got to leave this company. And it was literally 30 days later, I, I had that phone call and I said, I'm out, I'm done. Um, I, I had asked, I think, seven clients that they wanted to come with me. And um, I say, it's totally your call. Uh, my contract states, I'm not allowed to solicit to you for, I think it was like three or four months. So if you wanted to keep working with me, you and I will be just connecting basically for free for the next three months, but I'm not going to violate the contract. Um, or you can stay. It's it's totally your call. Like I'm, I'm just here to support you. I just want to give you a heads up. I'm out of here. And all seven of them went with me, which I actually I wasn't expect I wasn't expecting wow. anything. I didn't know what was going to happen. But all seven went with me, and I honored the same rate that we were working with before. I didn't change the price up. It just didn't feel right. Um, but all of them left and went with me, and I I shut the door on that relationship. And um, that phone call I had been dreading because this was okay. Before you get into the, the, the that phone call that you're dreading, I would love to know 
what do you think it was that had you execute? Because there's a lot of us who feel the, the lack of relatedness with people, or we look at how we're living our lives or the job that we go into and we look around and we're like, wow, this is old me. Like I wake up and I go to this place of work or whatever, and this is old me all over the place. And there's something about you. I'm curious if you, if you have an idea of what it is about you that had you say, okay, that's enough. Like I can't go back to being old me. Like now I've, I, I've reached that threshold point where I got to move on. I got to let it go. Yeah, I guess it, it was, it was really that car ride. Um, there was just a tremendous anger um, and, and not like a mad at any person or, or myself. It was just more like a, this has to change. I, I have to change. And, and I think what was driving me was, it's, it's hard to articulate because it was so, so much my intuition it was just really telling me like, I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I just, I knew even though I'm terrified, um, this is a big decision to leave. I have to do it. Um, it just wouldn't be right if I didn't do it. I had to trust that honoring my, my intuition in this way, um, I would really be honoring myself. And I, and I think I just reflected on what kind of information and what kind of values do I want to, to leave to my daughter and to you know, my children. And I realized, you know what, it, it's trusting and relying on yourself and in your intuition, which to me is your connection to God and trust that have that be the forefront of your decision making, not the pressure to to have enough, to be enough, to do enough, to prove something. Have your authentic connection and relationship be what's driving you forward. And I thought, you know what, I would be the biggest hypocrite in the world if I stayed in this company that my wife and I have agreed is is nonsense. That the friends and, and people that mean the most to me in my life are telling me is nonsense. I was about to uh, ask if if the people around you pointed that out. Yeah, so some of my best friends are pointing that out. Um, others that were maybe given an introductory session and didn't sign up, that were afraid of hurting my feelings, were starting to come forward and say, like, hey, this is what I experienced. Um, I didn't want to offend you, but, yeah, this is what my call was like with that guy, and I just I, my skin was crawling. and So I, I really started getting more external feedback, too. Um, yeah, and I was just like, I got I to gotta get out of here. So, yeah, that was a, a tough phone call. It was a really tough one. And for context, it was also hard because this wasn't just, you know, the the owner of the company. This wasn't just my coach and my mentor. This dude was at my wedding. Um, like he was one of the best men in my wedding at the time. So there was a real relationship there that I had to completely sever, just disconnect from. Um, there was a lot of tears. Um, there was a lot of a lot of fear leading up to that phone call. There's there's also guilt because I had other other coaches on that team that I thought would be more understanding of me leaving because they, we would vocalize some frustration to each other and they were just totally disgusted with me or, or enraged with me oh. and upset with me leaving and burned those bridges. And, and one of those individuals was at my wedding too. Um, so it was a, it was a messy departure um, but I just, I knew I had it's to like do it. like you were exiled. It really was, man. It was, it was weird. And I, and I think. That's bizarre for life coaches <clears throat> who are about communication and relationship and support and yeah. understanding and empathy. That's, uh, 
Yeah, that that surprised me that part. Yeah, it, I think what it showed me, and as I even kind of sit back and look at what was the difference between the curriculum we were teaching our clients and who we were actually being, the curriculum was spiritual. It was based on a lot of metaphysical higher consciousness ideas. But the way we were actually being in the operation of the business was very transactional manipulative. It was, it was a real disconnect. So looking at that, it makes perfect sense then how the group responded. Like when the chips are down, you can talk about all these things, but who you actually are is going to show up. Your personal values are going to show up and dictate what is actually said and done in crucial moments like that. And that's when I learned a real valuable lesson. Um, and again, like the disillusionment I felt from the seminar world too, I, I, around this time I started connecting with other leaders that had played pivotal roles behind the scenes on some really high profile teams. And they were telling me that a lot of these uh, speakers, not all, but a lot of them would come on stage 45 minutes, uh, do their thing, make their offer, and then come backstage mocking the audience and laughing at how stupid they were to buy from them and how they bought their uh, their nonsense and how they, they were, they're paying them. That is and so, so awful. I really started to see this really weird dynamic where a lot of these, the, the content and the message being produced is just living a, an authentic, powerful life where you're free and, and, and all these really cool ideas, and yet behind the scenes, who these people actually are is the opposite of all that. And uh, it was so really really weird it's so out of integrity it was just really bizarre so i guess i went through that experience and then, and then saw a lot of the personal development industry as a whole um and other people coming out saying they have the same experience too so i by december last year january this year had to completely reorganize my entire philosophy and uh mindset toward business it was it was really surreal i love the fact that you said it's about who are you being? Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the, the change work that I was taught and shown was largely based on beliefs and emotion. And that's why I think for me, what, what used to frustrate me a lot is I'd, I'd go to an event and, or I'd hire a coach or someone. And um, like while the time was spent together, at that event or one-on-one, -on -one, it's like, oh man, I feel different. New things are possible. And that would last like a week. And then I would just rubber band and come back even harder to what I was doing before and even get like worse. And I was like, this just doesn't make sense. And I would beat myself up and think, man, I guess I'm not applying what I was learning up. I got to go back through it. And it wasn't until I discovered, yeah, but beliefs and emotions um, are not nearly as powerful as things like our identity and our values. That's actually what it was driving us as people. And until I started doing deep work that addressed my identity and my values to the core, and until I started looking at adopting my identity and my values into the framework of my business, it wasn't until I did that that I started seeing any change at all. And that's when true change happened to me. Um, cause it was really cool before, um, it was really cool for me to realize because before I was like, well, my identity and my values don't matter. What matters is for me to feel this way and to think this way so I can get what I want. 
or to put on this image of mm. whatever to get what I want. Um, and now it was no more of that. This is who I am. This is what I actually stand for. That's going to be the forefront of everything I do in my business. And there is no more, I put on this webinar or I put on the speech and then I'm off stage or I'm offline and now I'm a different person. There's no more of that. It's, it's one and the same in all contexts. Um, and that really motivated a shift there. So if that answers that. Do you ever find uh, with your with your clients or even in your own journey that sometimes it's challenging to trust that if I am being true to myself, if I am lining up my life with my values, like will that create good? Like will that create a great life for me? When the example, like especially in your story, the example is people doing things to the exact opposite in opposition to that whole idea. It's in the front, I look like this, but behind the scenes, I'm something else. Yeah, so man. it's almost hard to, I, I find in my experience and I see a lot of, a lot of clients where it's hard to have faith in, will I succeed and will I achieve and will I live a great life if I keep doing things based on my true self? What's your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's tricky. I think most of the work that is done around your values is done incorrectly. And the reason I say that is because I think you have to ask the average person, what are your values? They're going to give you a laundry list of ideals uh, and things that, well, this, this should be important to me. Um, but that's not really our values because a more accurate definition to me of our values are this is how you're actually driven by your own motivation and how you evaluate things in your life. So, for example, I could say that family is important to me. That's my number one value. All right, well, let's look at your schedule, dude. Let's actually look at how you're spending your time and your resources and your energy over the course of a week, a month, and a year. And then we'll really see if, if family is, is your highest value. And dollars to donuts, that's not the case, man. It's so, like seeing the value because it looks good. Yeah, because it looks good. Or like you you, uh, you leave time off it, so you just go out all the way in the future. Like, no, values. Family is important to me because one of these days uh, I'm going to make it important. So the key to me was when I when I actually started asking myself up until now in my life, like up until who I've been up until now, what has actually been important to me? And I'll give you an example of this directly. Um, when I when I asked what what is actually important to you in the world of business, my actual first gut check answer was taking care of my family. And I thought, okay, so what's driving that? Was it the desire to make an impact and a difference and to continue accumulating an abundance of money. No, it was actually to avoid not taking care of my, for us to go broke or poor or to get kicked out of my home. That's what was actually driving me. So if that's my number one value, then things like integrity and really being there for people and having meaningful relationships all take a back seat to mm -hmm. what I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. And so I think at the end of the day, that was the case for me. And it's been the case for a lot of people. I'll, I'll connect to them and they've got these like beautiful list of values. And it's like, wow, so your life must be perfect. Like you must have excellent health, excellent relationships and so on. And it's like, no, my life's a mess. Oh, okay, cool. So those are actually not your values. <laughs> we have to actually identify what is important to you and really look at that and then look at what's been driving you. And I think that goes back to the reflection that I had with you have people that have this double standard. Um, and again, it's not the entire industry. 
And I don't mean to come across like I'm, I'm pessimistic. I'm actually highly optimistic with how all this is changing. Mm-hmm. And I do want to get into that. But um, where you, you have that where you've got a person that can put on a really good show because they understand maybe the values of their audience. So they understand their audience might be driven to avoid fear, avoid uncertainty, and, and you can use guilt as a cattle prod to make decisions. Um, and you can leverage that and wield it like tactics a again. Yeah, man, it, it's really powerful. And yet this person saying all these great things and yeah, I just want to be here for you and make a difference. That's not their actual values though. What's driving them is actually that same fear and scarcity that they can never have enough. They can never be enough. And so peeling back that curtain and really looking at um, what is actually important to myself and to that individual, I think that's how you can make better decisions uh, in your life. Are there questions or tools to, to get at that? Yeah. To so cover what uh, those values actually are, as opposed to just the ones that are, that sound sexy and will be <clears throat> impressive. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I used to have like this, this beautiful list of values that I'd have on my vision board. I was like, ah, yeah, this is great. <laughs> or like, you know, my, our values on the website and this is yeah. right. Company values. Right. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, so yeah, I'm trained in, uh, in NLP. So, um, that's one of the processes that, um, I, I do or have been trained to do is it's called a values elicitation and a values alignment. So some of it's already come out and how I've explained it. Um, <clears throat> if you can just get a general sense of in one context in your life, what's been important to you about that up until now is the key language there. So you get an accurate list of values and then you want to provide just like a gut gut level response. You don't want to think about it. You want to just give, this is what I, what I believe is there. And then you can rank those values. And then uh, once you've got them ranked, you can do a couple different checks to see if where they're in alignment or where they're out of whack. And one of my favorites, um, we touched on it briefly, would be, is that value a toward motivated value or is it an away from motivated value? Mm. So is it there because you want more of something, like more of a good emotion or to experience more of life. You're, you're really congruent and aligned with that. Or are you trying to avoid something? And if I we're like trying that. to avoid something, what we're going to see show up in our lives is a real inconsistent, like the results will do this. They'll go up and down like crazy. And the reason why is because as we're creating uh, momentum away from what we want, we start getting Uh, more results there. So for example, let's say for me, it was taking care of my family. So as long as I felt like I was making money and taking care of my family, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm good. Motivation drops for me. Yeah, I'm just enough. So motivation drops and I'm not doing anything until, oh no, I might not be taking care of my family. Better take action again. And then I'd start making money again and going up until, ah, I'm good. I can chill. And then this would go on and on. So it only takes you so far that, that, that running away value versus the running towards value yeah man it's like driving by looking in the your rear view window you know <laughs> like you're not going to get anywhere significant you, you'll avoid maybe what you're trying to avoid but you're not going to end up anywhere of meaning so love that yeah man once i realized that that was a game changer in me and it also had me look at okay like byron you've been putting on a good show but what is actually driving you like who are you really and doing work like this helped me uncover it and just get to a greater sense of my truth so you so you ended up quitting was was there anything else that you could point out to us that was significant in terms of you having your life be more in line with your values like more more congruent yeah i remember um 
telling you the story, I think, when we first met. Uh, this is one of my favorite stories. So one of the first assignments I was given uh, was to make an offer for an amount of money that terrified me, um, but that I could still justify. And so I made sure it wasn't just ludicrous for the sake of it, but I was still honoring the client. And so I came up with forty grand, $40,000 paid in full. Now, again, at the time, mind you, the max rate we were allowed to generate was $1,000 a month. So this was like twelve thousand for the year. Twelve thousand for the year compared to forty. Um, so it's it's night and day different, right? So um, I, I'm getting ready that morning to make this offer, and uh, I'm making my coffee, and I see a grasshopper on the window near my coffee maker. And I'm thinking that's really weird because I haven't seen a single grasshopper in the state of Florida since we've been living here for four years at the time. Like this is really strange, and and I noticed. 30 minutes later, as I'm getting ready to get on the phone, he's still there and he hasn't moved. Like, this is just weird. So I, I get through the offer. I'm helping the guy out. We get to the point now where it's like, all right, I got to explain to him how much um, I'm asking for. And I'm like hesitating. I'm balking. Like, are you sure? There's no more Was questions. Was your heart racing? Were you? Heart's racing. I'm like in a sweat. I'm literally pacing. I'm on a phone call with him. So I'm pacing around my entire house, just going nuts. <laughs> Finally, I'm like, all right, so if you want to hire me, it's uh, it's uh, $40,000. $40, <clears throat> $40, <laughs> I'm like, please don't There's a lot hang of up. tension in that voice. <laughs> ah, yeah, there's, there's so much there. I'm like, please don't hang up. Please don't kill me. Please don't physically find me and beat me to a pulp. And uh, I remember like a long breath, and he's like, wow, I really want to hire you. I really want to make this work. I don't have access to those funds right now, but I want to see what I can do to make this happen. Because I just love what you're all about. I love this. I, I, can, I can see how this can get me where I want to go. Let me get back to you. And I remember hanging up the phone with him. And at that point, I knew it was really cool. I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter if he hires me or not. I feel changed. I feel different. I feel like a different person after asking for something and articulating and, and verbalizing and making something that I had been holding in my heart. Could this be true? Can I ask for this? Is this possible? And put it out there, it became true. And I know that sounds very simple, but I changed in that moment. And I remember going back and uh, dumping out my coffee and running the dishwasher. And I look up, and that grasshopper hops off the window, like just perfect timing. Wow. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And so I look up the spiritual significance. Does this mean anything? And uh, grasshoppers mean taking a significant leap forward. And I'm like, I feel that, man. I really felt it. And I was talking to um, uh, an author just yesterday, actually, and uh, he's writing a book on change. And he said, isn't it interesting how the word change is woven into our language as also having to do with money? Because like, you know, change yes. itself, you think of as money. The word transaction is another way of thinking of change. You're going above and beyond your actions. You know, and uh, the Greek god Hermes was actually responsible for celebration, change, and money. So it was really interesting, like the more we were talking about that, and I said, you know what really changed me on, on such a deep level was how I'm going about asking for what I want financially in my life. And I felt that was a significant moment that changed me to the core. It changed my value system from doing just enough to um, just get by to provide for the family to now wanting to actually create abundance so I could teach other coaches how to do the same thing. Um, and so just asking for that really changed me to the core and looking back on it, man, it was, it was palpable. That's was huge. Shift. Yeah. In, in my experience, I've never seen 
a breakthrough happen in a human being that didn't have a difficult conversation, like a difficult conversation that you need to have either with yourself or somebody else. And usually that conversation has to do with declaring something or making a commitment to something or asking for something. And usually that's, that's really tied to a breakthrough. And that's what happened for you. It sounds like to me. Yeah, man. Well, that's so well said. And that's such a beautiful, beautiful comment. I, I never considered that for sure. Uh, but looking back, yeah, on the, on the journey I've been on here just the last 12 months, that's totally been the case for me. It's been a number of really hard conversations that have absolutely changed me. And I'm like, yeah, well, the, dude. The one with on. your best, your, your best man, your groomsman. Yeah. Like mentor and severing ties and all those old colleagues at that company. I'm like, that's, that's huge, right? It was an uncomfortable conversation and it led to letting a, a, your past die, like your past self die yeah. so that you could be yeah. reborn. So what happened with this guy? What happened with this, this potential client? Oh, so uh, we stayed in touch. He was trying to get a loan, I think, to make it happen. He had a car business. He had a, a um, like a mechanic shop that he was trying to sell but wasn't able to sell. So as long story short, he didn't hire me. He and I are actually friends now, so we'll still talk and, and hang out, and I still actually help him when I can. Cool. Um, but yeah, it was it was really that wasn't the point. Like closing it wasn't the point. Sounds like yeah, that wasn't the point. I think it was like just a few months later when I did end up getting my first client, and then that's when things really took off for me. And I think it was then two or three months after that when i had my first twenty-five thousand dollar month and that was like wow now we're talking now we can rock and roll that congratulations man thank and you that's not that long ago so no. what's what's it been like <laughs> since so for the first half of the year it was like um it was really trying to get consistent uh that was my biggest struggle and challenge because here i made more money than i ever had in my life in such a short time frame and it, and it felt like um i guess there's if you ever see like a superhero movie where the, the superhero has got like a power and he'll use it maybe like spider-man he'll do something on accident I'm like how did i just do that and then he'll try it again and it's not there and he'll try it again and it's not there and then maybe something will stir in him and he'll do it again I'm like oh wow okay i can do this it was like that and it was really cool. So just trying to find my footing, honestly, for the first quarter of the year, from like January to April, um, finding my message, finding who I wanted to work with, who I didn't want to work with, mm. was becoming really apparent. Um, what my offer was going to be in terms of what I could do for people. Um, Were there any moments just, of doubt or like, what oh, is yeah. this doing? Is like, was that luck or can I do that again? Yeah. Did that show up? Yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> There's one, there's another gut punch. Um, <laughs> I, I met an individual and uh, I think we had talked in December and so we're, we're, of last year. So we're talking in December and it was just a friendly guy. I think we connected on Facebook and I was telling him who I am and what I do. And at the end of that call, he was like really intrigued. He was like, man, I don't know how you're generating uh, clients at, at five grand a month. I'd, I'd love to learn how to do this. Um, can we talk again? I'm like, sure, yeah, let's we get through the holidays. We'll chat again. So we did in January, and at the end of that call, he was like, I, I really feel compelled. I've, I've got to hire you. Um, I, we've got to make this work. So you're, you're, you're four months for 20 grand. Let, okay, I'm going to find a way to do this. And at the time, this was in like um, January, and then we're staying in touch, and we meet again in like February and March. And at this time, I just closed uh, 25 grand in business in January, so I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling like, man, this whole getting high ticket clients thing is easy. Just be yourself, just be authentic. And, and like, if you feel that connection, make the offer and boom, you're good to go. 
And uh, I'm like, yeah, but sure. I'm like, yeah, you want to hire me? Great. Um, I'll start helping you out right now a little bit. So a good month went by and I didn't hear anything from him. And I'm like, well, that's weird. What's up with this guy? And follow up. And he's like, hey, I'm so sorry. I, I went on a meditation retreat. I've been doing a lot of thinking. Um, and I've, I've really been doing a lot of deep inner work. And um, I still want to hire you. But I just I had to clear up some things first. Thinking, all right, cool. No worries. So he ends up qualifying for a loan, uh, a business loan, and come up with a 20K. And so he does. And uh, this is a long process because he has to get a lot of things cleared, pay off some debt, et cetera. He has to get a few clients. Cool. He's in position to make it work. Now we're in April. So this is, we had started talking in January. Now we're in April. And um, he's like, all right, cool, man. I'm ready to hire you. I just got a few questions. And I still, I, I don't know, I have a few doubts about this and this. And I'm like, okay, sure. So hop on a call. We address it. And a week later, he's like, hey, man, I hired this other coach. And like that was that was it. That was the extent. <laughs> was- you <laughs> did the foreplay, yeah, for that other coach. Yeah, exactly. I did all the work for the other coach. And he just was like, "Hey, okay, cool. I hired him." And I was just like, I was gut punched, right? And um, how I'm did like, you handle that? Like- I sent him a text, and it, and I'm really glad I handled it this way. I just sent him a text. I was like, "Cool. Best of luck to you." Now, is that what I was feeling? No. What I wanted, yeah. I wanted to put him on the phone and be like. What are you? Are you effing serious? But um, oh I was like, okay, severed that connection with him, and uh, I had to do some work on myself just to completely cut the cord. And be like, all right, nope, we're not feeling. I'm going to completely disconnect that, shut that down. But I learned a very valuable lesson, and it, and it was just because it's magical, and uh, there are uh, instances where client we connect, we hit it off, and it just feels like right away, like we got to work together. It's meant to be. That one felt like it wasn't earned. Like I never felt like I earned his business. It, it just felt like he saw it for himself, but he, neither of us really saw the the potential and the exact accurate dynamic of how we were going to be collaborating. Mm. Um, and it was a really eye opening experience for me. And, and so I, from that moment, became way more selective with who I choose to work with. And now I'm aware of. If I get, I call it fool's gold, where I get a feeling of they're like, oh my God, this sounds awesome. Yeah, let's work together. I'm like, eh, usually that means we're not going to work together. Yeah. And so starting to see that actual Maybe how people show up. Down slow them down. Slow them down. Yeah. And so now I am actually, um, I'll be hesitant. Now it's like, all right, I, I think I can help you. I got a pretty good sense of where you're at. I don't know though. I, I got to get to know you more. I got to get to know your vision more. I, let's slow this down. And as I start helping you now, let me see if how you apply it and how it helps you, and we'll see go from there. Because so much it was patience. A yeah, there's a lot of patience, man. And I think too that's why that's part of why I love doing high ticket work. Um, I know it can have a, a real negative connotation because there is a lot of uh, again tactics in uh, high ticket sales. There's also just a lot done to get people into high paying masterminds. That's a whole other topic. But the reason I love it is if it's done well and you genuinely care for the client, there's a lot of cool things that happen because you're transferring your own congruency and alignment with asking for that much money to your client. Like you're, if you're able to command that much and you yes. feel good about it, you're able to see your own value, you're giving that to your clients to see for themselves too. And, and that to me as a coach is the most powerful skill set you can have to really own your worth and value and to be able to go out and ask for what you want financially 
that's rare. Most coaches don't have that. They struggle at such a low rate. So and it com- uh, it's coming from good and you're delivering great work and there's no other possible outcome than that creating more beauty, more, more abundance, more power for the people that you're working with. Yeah. I would Absolutely. love to know the role of spirituality for you. Well, before it was non-existent. Before it was, um, you know, can I help them get to where they want to go? Great. Okay, good. Let's let's do it and let's work on your mind. Um, now the way let's I see it, your mind. let's work on your mind so that you're mentally sharp. Um, now, now I can't not see. Um, I guess their, I don't know if you want to call it their soul or their spirit or just who they are at a core level. And I can see now how if a person is living um, where their spirit or their soul is in direct alignment with their business, I can tell usually if I, if, if they're not, if it's um, like the way they're running their business is who they're really not to the core. I've noticed that too. And that's when I really see, and you use the term spiritually bankrupt when you were describing who I was, that was me. And so when I see that, and I remember back of, oh, okay, they're showing all the same symptoms. Like one of my friends mm. I had met back in March, this was her exact problem. Uh, she's running a business where uh, she's just not spiritually aligned with her own business. And you can tell. Um, and you can tell it's burning her out. Uh, she's working with clients she doesn't love. Her team is not in alignment with her vision. Um, and she's just there's just no joy in, in what she's doing. And so for me, that vitality is the most important piece in, in the work that I do. And it's it's a reminder for me, too, to ensure that I have a high amount of vitality in my own life and that that comes first and then the business and to see where we're prioritizing that. So that that plays a role. Um, but then also in the the asking clients to work with me piece, I really see spirituality there, too, because I'm really starting to believe now if someone's going to hire me, they're meant to hire me. And if they're not, they're not meant to hire me. And, mm. you know, of course, like there's less things attachment. I could do or say. Yeah, there's less attachment. Of course, there's things I could do or say that would influence that. I get it. But um, you got I'm that just toolbox a, from before. <laughs> I've got that toolbox, man, that I've since burned and destroyed. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> just gotten rid of it. No one will ever have this again. Um yeah, but now it's just like, you know what? I don't, I don't sweat about it anymore, um, whether the, they can come up with the money or not, or they already have the money. or you know, It's like, look, if, if they really want this for themselves, and more importantly, that it's a calling in them, it's, it's a calling in their gut or their spirit that I am part of the next step in their journey, then I'm the next step in their journey. Mm-hmm. And I can take ownership of that, and I can be at peace with that. And if I'm not, then I'm not. And if something happens like earlier in the year with this individual where it doesn't work out that way, I'm, I'm meant to learn something and, and that serves me too. And so um, I, there's just a greater sense of, of peace with that whole process. And, and that's also what um, I really love teaching and sharing is that if, if I feel really deep down, like, yeah, I really feel aligned with what you're doing. I really want to help you with this. I feel like it's meant to be. That's such a more powerful, congruent place to come from compared to how can I show this person my value or convince them that, that they they really benefit from hiring me. It's like, it's just it's you-centric. A, yeah, It's like me-centric as opposed to customer-client-focused. Absolutely. 
So that's been part of the difference. So that's how it's been informing. I mean, truthfully, in every aspect of the business, but I think those are the most interesting. Wow. So I would love for you to share a little bit about that article that you put on Facebook that I read today. Because I, I think that's a really important conversation to have. And I think it's also uh, it's, it's in line with what we're talking about. But can, can you share what your reaction was? But j- just to be clear, it's by Leonie Dawson. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of her before, but I read this article and it was uh, about her negative experience of being at a business conference where it was literally like nine and a half hours of just being sold to. And it was a very yep. disappointing experience. And I'm interested in exploring that with you because it's, I think it's easy to get jaded Mm-hmm. And it's easy to be like, oh, I don't want to be associated with this. Yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, so um, the the post was shared by uh, one of my good friends, and um, I saw it. And the reason I posted it too is because, and I think I the comment I attached to it was like, "Hey, younger Byron, you know, mm-hmm. Byron from three years ago, I want you to read this." And it was almost like a little mini letter to myself because. A post like that three years ago, I would have been like, that's nonsense. Like that's that's coming from someone that hasn't developed himself enough or, or just doesn't understand it or doesn't understand the necessities of business or whatever. And now I'm like, no, nah, it's actually the truth. And so what the whole post was about was this was a woman who was a, um, a millionaire and had gone to the seminar because she wanted to hear from Gary Vaynerchuk and uh, thought it was going to be a real thought-provoking uh, value-add kind of seminar. And instead, it was just a pitch fest. There's a lot of offers being made. Um, and the way they were treating people in the room was about pumping your state, pumping your energy level, and then selling you something, and then a repeat ad nauseum. And then finally, there was a bait and switch because Gary Vaynerchuk doesn't come until uh, toward the very end. I think she said nine speakers later or something. There, he, he finally talks for like 40 minutes. And even his speech is hollow and vapid and... Uh, not not full of any practical advice for making money because she herself has done it as a millionaire. And so she really felt disillusioned and was really frustrated because she had spent an entire day away from her family. And I get it because the one of the companies that was referenced there, I won't shout them out by name, I used to go to their seminar. That was one of those seminars we had talked about earlier where I would go to create clients because I had taken a lot of their courses. And uh, their courses are actually were really solid, but the company started changing. The owner had sold it, um, I want to say back in like 2011, 2012-ish. The owner had sold it, and a new owner had, uh, had come in. I think he was already there in the company. And, uh, and then he had tried to grow the business, but it was clearly dying. And then I think um, around 2015-ish, 2016-ish, he was either he either sold it off to another company or another company came in to kind of uh, resuscitate it. And then a lot of changes started happening. And apparently uh, that post was one of the most recent iterations of that seminar um, in Australia, I believe. And so anyways, um, yeah, like a lot of the pumping up your emotional state, um, the, the tactics that are used to wear you down, wear down your energy levels so that you are more susceptible to making um, emotional decisions, taking away the um, opportunity to think about it with guilt, uh, trying to use social proof, 
by even planting people in the audience um, as employees, but making it look like they're interested customers getting up to buy. A lot of just crazy stuff that you would think like, well, surely here's a group of people that are about really trying to empower people. And yet behind the scenes, it's like, no, man, they really just want your money. Um, that's it. That's all they're after. That's that's their their drive. So I posted that um, again, not to just be like, hey, this is what's messed up in our industry. We should protest this like no, but just more so again for as a reflection, I guess, to see how far I, I'd come and just to kind of inspire people like keep your eyes open just because mm -hmm. someone has been on stage for 45 minutes and, and is talking about their testimonials and how they've helped people don't believe them and take them at face value. You know, because any charlatan can just get on stage and talk like that. Really do your own homework and research. Just ask yourself, does this feel true to me? And um, don't put these people on the pedestal. Like mm -hmm. they're equal to you. They're equal to you. You're, they're no better than you. They're not where you want to be. Because I guarantee you, there's aspects of their life that are absolute mess. And this is not coming from theory. This is me talking to people that have worked behind the scenes at companies like this that will tell you point blank, this is the reality. Um, and Do you so, feel concerned that this is also because this is this is how we see the sales process and the business growth process that people are like, oh, that's what I got to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that has been the prevailing consciousness um, for a lot of people. And, and I think um, now what I predict and what I really see is we're really starting to waken out of that. We're starting to, to go beyond that. And I think. Those tactics are becoming less and less effective because as you notice, I said the company was dying. They're, they weren't doing as well. And I think a large part of that is because people are able to see through that more readily, um, myself included, whereas before I just couldn't. I didn't know any better. So I think we're seeing through that. And so I really believe that's not the direction that successful businesses that are wanting to actually inspire people or teach them business. That's not the direction we're going to go. I would predict we're going to see more businesses step up that actually want to feature more of an authentic relationship with the audience where they empower them to make that decision. There is no pressure. There is no tactic. It's more so about, hey, this is our core ethos. And if you resonate, if you vibe with this, then great. We invite you to do this. And if you don't, then that's, that's totally fine. Too. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not one of our customers. That's cool. You know? I think that's what I would predict we're going to see. And so I think my point is um, we're going to see less and less of that, at least done effectively. I, I truly believe that that is like the, the dead wood that's being burning off. And I think people smell it from a mile away. And, and I mean, I don't want people who are listening to this to think that we're jaded or we're negative about it because actually it's, very, it's the opposite. And that's part yes. of the reason why when we had that first conversation and you were sharing with me, how important it is for you to have these uh, relationships that you're building, that the things that you do are not necessarily scalable, but there's so much more life enriching, value adding, um, patient. So I would love to, sh I would love for you to kind of share with us what your, what your day looks like when it comes to generating business and growing business and reaching out there. Cause it's not in this, you know, automated and content driven and everything's I'm doing a hundred posts a day kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, man. absolutely. Cause I, I used to do all those things. It was just hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, you know, it was just creating more noise. Um, and I think now I, as I was explaining to you when we first met, 
I made a conscious decision to move entirely offline. Um, and it was a temporary decision. Unheard again. of. Yeah, it's, it wasn't like, a, I'm going offline because I now I'm renouncing internet marketing. Like, no, like, I just, I needed to hit reset for my own sanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that, I remember, I think someone was asking me like, hey, can you help me out? I'm looking to connect with more people like this in the world of business. Do you know anyone that's like this, this, and this? And I'm like, uh, no, no. <laughs> like, what do you mean, no? You've been doing this for like nearly a decade. I'm sure you got a lot of good, I'm like, uh, I can introduce you to former clients. <laughs> like, no, like, do, do you not have anyone? I'm like, well, you got to understand, like, the the priority for me was going out and just acquiring clients. Like, that was the, the MO. So, mm. wow, I was like, holy cow, I, I got to change this. So I made a conscious effort. I'm going to build my business just through building relationships, through just connecting with people, asking them for what I want, trusting in their capacity to give me what I want based on how accurate uh, my ask is, and then connect with people and explore through curiosity with absolutely no attachment or expectation whatsoever. And in the course of talking to them and being fully transparent with them and fully vulnerable with them, and as they're fully vulnerable with me, finding out and discovering, oh, well, it turns out I could actually really help you with that. Would you Would you like to have an additional conversation? And so, there's been no pressure. It, it's been, it feels a lot more organic, but it's also strategic at the same time because I'm not just kind of going through by happenstance. Um, like I said, I've connected with probably over 150, 200 coaches this year um, alone. And in doing that, it's really informed who I'm looking for, like who I love serving. It's a very particular kind of person. It's someone that comes from the heart, has clearly done work on themselves. Um, and it's clearly a high consciousness individual, someone that is absolute integrity, someone that is a go-getter and that likes taking chances, and it's someone that is also open to having fun, they have like a light energy, they're not always super serious. And if they have some of those characteristics, I'm like, oh, my people, like I just wanna help people like that. And uh, rather than me focusing on, all right, so how can I go off and create clients from that, it's more so like how can I spend my day helping people like that, trusting the money will come, and trusting the moment to dictate when I make an ask, whether it's, hey, I really like you, Um, maybe I could give you a sense of what I do, maybe I could help you out with what you're going through and your business, because you had mentioned your challenge with messaging, for example, your challenge with acquiring clients yourself, or your marketing isn't working, I can help you out with those areas, let me do that, and in exchange for that, for you having a feel and a sense of the work I do, that will hopefully inspire you to connect me with people you know that also need what I can bring to the table. And so the referral is way more authentic, it's organic, it's not coming from this place of, hey, so I know this guy named Byron and uh, he's looking for clients, do you wanna talk to him so we can make a, like a one call sales pitch to you? <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> so this is really oh. counter, I, I was gonna say counterintuitive, but it's more a counterculture. Yeah, because I feel like culture is more like I'm going to post something up, I'm going to make a video, and I'm going to make a sale from that. I'm going to send an email and blast it to my email list, and I'm going to make some sales. Which I mean, which which happens, which which works, and there's a lot of value. And I have I know a lot of people who are making a profound difference in people's lives um, with those methodologies. But this, what you're talking about, like. I feel like that's one of the things that are, it's hard because there's not, not hard, but maybe more challenging for some people to grasp, especially if they're new in the sales process to be like, pick up the phone. Like who, 
who picks up their phone? <laughs> Interact. <laughs> talk with people? to what? talk to people. I just want to. <laughs> I just want to put something out there and see the see the the PayPal come in. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel you. I had the same mentality for years. You know, it's like I don't want to actually interact with people. I want to create a course that a thousand people can buy for like a few hundred bucks, and I don't have to interact with any of them, or I'll hire a customer service team and they'll chat with them but i don't have to actually interact with these people oh no i don't want that um and so i realized if i am going to make my business that interaction heavy again all the more reason to charge more because my time is extremely valuable and i am going to be going working with these people one-on-one but what i've learned and, and you, you spoke to it being like counterculture and hard i think the biggest mistake because i know the online world very very well uh, one of my former sales positions used to be SEO. We would we'd contact companies and put them on top of Google. Um, so content creation, SEO, all day long. I understand that world. I get it. One of the biggest challenges, though, that a lot of people in business have that they, they don't they, they vastly underestimate is they think they know their market. They think they know their challenges, what's really driving them. They think they have a real relationship with them. So they launch a, a campaign or a content campaign or a webinar or something online and it just swings and misses completely. And they're like baffled. They're like, why isn't yeah. this selling? Like, I'll tell you why, because you actually don't know your customers. Do you know why I know that? Because when I ask you how many of them have you talked to and what are they telling you they want and need, you can't answer that question. Can't That's answer. gold. Right? So, People need to okay. hear that part again. They need to like rewind this and listen to that again and again and again. Yeah, man. It's like you don't actually know your customer. Well, how do you get to know your customer? Here's a brilliant idea. You got to go talk to them, buddy. You got to go pick up a phone and interact with them. And you got to really get to know what makes them tick. And guess what? Around the 20, 30th person you do with this, you're going to start to detect patterns. It's, it's going to become very obvious. And another thing that, that starts becoming obvious that, again, it's a, a huge mistake that I see people making is that they create their copy from a perspective of this is what I know to be true and this is what you have to start believing. You got to get over here to my side and then you'll get what you want as opposed to I know what you are going through right now. I know what your average day is like. I know what's keeping you up at night. I know who you are in this moment of time and I know what you think you need. And I'm going to start over there with you. I'm going to start by showing you that I actually understand you. I get it. I get what it's like to be you right now in this moment of your life. I know where I can take you, but I also understand that you probably won't understand that if I just started with that. You probably feel like this guy doesn't get me, which by and large, that's what happens with most marketing. The, the person says, they don't understand me. It's not, it's not for me. They don't, so, I don't even think they consciously think that. They just scroll by. Yeah, they yeah. They just it's ignore like, it. They just they're on to the next thing. Yeah, it's like they just ignore it because they're like, this isn't this isn't for me. This, there's nothing here for me. They don't see themselves at all in mm. the language or the imagery or the story. So we have to start with that. And so what I've discovered by by really forcing myself to go just offline is it's forced me to have a very clear, tight understanding of who I'm talking to and what their actual challenges are and their actual perception. Like meaning what they think they need and, and where they think they need to go. And I can address those things along the way to getting them to the results. So I found that 
if you have those elements down first, if you have an actual authentic relationship with your market, where if, if I ask you like how many people in your market have you talked to and really explored who they are and their challenges and stuff, and you're like, oh, this person, this person, this person, and they have this, and this is what's going on, and I hear this all the time, cool. Now you're ready to start scaling online. Now you're ready yes. to rock. Now you're ready to do it. Preach. Uh, and uh, one of my partners. The cart actually, is before the horse for so many people. Yeah, man. It's like you let me do. It. Let me scale. But what are you scaling? If, you, <laughs> if you've never been in a conversation, so my coach he gave me he he shared with me a, a set of powerful principles, and one of them, well, two of them. He says life exists in conversations, and business exists in conversations. And if you are not in a conversation, it is not a business day. Nice. And I'm just like, yeah, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. And and what you're saying really speaks to that. It speaks to the value of gen- genuine relatedness with people. It speaks to, you know, having one-on-one conversations so that you can get to know what's happening on in the world like you have a like you have your fingers actually on the pulse. And again, and, and it's shifting from that old mentality that you used to have, which is I need to avoid, uh, you know, not being able to support my family and I got to make sure I retain those sales. And like you're going from the, the, the me centric approach to, okay, really let me put my ear out there and I'm going to be listening and seeing what's happening in the world and listen, listening to my actual market, which is so profound. It's so simple, but, and I think people need to get out of their own way. Like what, what do you, what do you suggest or what do you think is holding people back? from just picking up the phone and doing that? I think there's fear. And, and I think the reason fear is there is because, especially in, in, in the industry of coaching that I like going in and helping people with, there's this fear of, I don't want people to think I'm selling to them. Um, and and there's, a, there's a fear of, I, I don't want them to think that I just want their money. And so I ask them, well, do you? Like, do you just want their money? Are you just looking to sell to them? Uh, well, no, of course not. Great. Well, then those are your intentions. Like your intentions are your intentions. If your intentions are to connect to someone under the guise of getting to know their challenges, but with the expectation of selling to them, then you should be afraid because you're going to have internal conflict throughout that whole conversation. Like you're going to be massively in fear because you're like, oh God, I hope they don't notice, but here it goes. Like, so your if your intentions are genuine, you have absolutely nothing to be afraid of because your intentions are your intentions. So and, I feel like I, I can hear the people who are lis- who are going to be listening to this or who are listening to this thinking, but I'm going to be giving away so much of my time. Oh, yeah. The time thing. <laughs> so is that, what, you, is that what you're saying, Byron? Just give away a whole bunch of your time and just be of away. service to everybody. Be a yeah. resource and connect with people, connect them with opportunities and ideas and other and other people. And then mm-hmm. what, what, how do I get paid? Like what's in it? It goes back to the, what's in it for me. Yeah. What's in it for me? <laughs> Let's get out of this. Yeah. Where's the what do you say? What do you say to those people? Yeah. So, okay. Here's the thing. It's, there's two things. One, again, it's why I really advocate for charging a high rate because the, the amount of like time you're putting in, you're going to get rewarded um, as you discover your clients and as they pay you. The second thing though is, and again, this is another huge misstep that I made and I see a lot of people in business make too. They're not really looking to help the people they would consider their friends. Like the people 
if your audience or your customers are not people that even if they weren't paying you a dime, that you still wouldn't want to go out and like grab a beer with and talk to and hang out with for hours, that's not the audience that's meant to be for you. Those are not actually your people. What you've done is you've construed in your mind, well, I can be their expert because they're in an earlier stage of their development, and so I can help them, and so I've earned the right to make an offer like this. But what actually happens, it's more powerful, even if your audience is just a few steps behind you, if you feel a kinship to them, if you feel a connection to them, like you would be their friends no matter what, then guess what? Is it really so bad to spend you know, maybe a few hours a day connecting with people that you consider your friends, that you love, that you have fun, amazing conversations with, and that you have a blast talking to, and it's like, oh, I can help you with your business, and I can ask you to help me? Is that such an awful thing? So right? what, like, you're, what you're telling me, Byron, <laughs> is all I got to do is spend my days loving and caring for people. Is that, yeah. is, is that what you're saying? Yeah. At the end of the day, man, if you're loving and caring. But the same thing, the, there's the other piece to this too, and it's you have to also ask. Yes. So you also have to ask. what. So it's like you're giving love, you're caring, but you also have to ask for what you want. Well, you also talked about how you, you, men, you make sure that they know this is what I'm doing and what I want Yes. right now. And, so and it's not just like, hey, how's the weather? That. How's your team doing? And who are you voting for? And then exactly. It's actually yeah, exactly. like, this is what I'm working on. This is what I need. This is what I'm looking for. These are the people I got to be talking to. Exactly, man. Yeah, it's such a brilliant point. It's like, there, while there is no agenda in the conversation, there is an intention. It's like, I, I'm always finding out in the moment, what is the next step? Is it, is it maybe to make an offer to help this person? Is it to, maybe I need to hire them. Maybe I need their help. Maybe we can help each other out by connecting. In this case, it's like, hey, man, maybe you can interview me. Cool. That, that was our next step. So to me, like, there's always a next action unless I feel like, eh, I'm not really feeling this person. So we'll just wrap up the call and say, look, best of luck to you. Here are a few resources. You know, we'll be in touch. But that's it. But there's a key piece, though, because in asking for what we want and saying, like, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I'm up to. You're actually honing your message every single time. You're, you're actually saying, this is what I am, and this is what I do. And after doing that, um, even if you just have two or three conversations a day, like in time-wise, so you know, I, really, yeah, I really don't spend more. Than, I might meet two or three new people. I'm not just loading my schedule at nine to five with conversations. Like It's not that much time. But every time, though, I do meet with someone, it's another opportunity for me to convey who I am and my message. And so it's getting shaped and refined. If, if you're doing that and – Half of the people are like, "What? wait, I'm confused. I don't understand what you're trying to accomplish here. You try to go online with that, you're going to fail 100 times out of 100 because you're yeah. getting direct feedback that people don't understand what you're trying to convey. So if you can't do it in person, you'll never be able to do it online. And so I like to use that time as a means of informing and shaping uh, the message that I want to share with people. It's a laboratory for you yeah. like you're really testing how am i going to say it like does this work and what's the response i think that is so so valuable for people i think if they take that and run with it you know you guys are going to be creating so many so much value it's going to feel so fulfilling and there's going to be so many results but the, the other thing that i see in what it is that you're saying is just the just the mere uh the mere act of you asking them 
it automatically has them out there in the world listening for opportunities for you. And I, and it's not like they're trying. They don't have to make effort. Try. They don't have to try to look for opportunities for you. It's just already there now because you've asked them. And then when something shows up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show up in their field of vision or their field of hearing or whatever it is just because you brought it up for them. Whereas before, if you didn't ask, they, something might just like pass by. Because like you said, yeah, this doesn't speak to me, right? They might read something or hear something. This doesn't speak to me. Subconsciously, they just move on to the next thing. But because they got Byron's message in the back of their head, it just shows up like, oh, wow. Like, it's like you want to live in congruency. You want to do your work in a transparent and authentic way. You want to grow your coaching business. I know the right person. I really feel like you need to be talking to my friend Byron. And exactly. that's no effort. They're just listening all the time, always, already. Mm-hmm. Totally, man. Yeah, that's that's another great point. Um, is I'll tell you, like, if you want to get into the weeds a little bit, because it's still, it can still sound like philosophically, like that's really cool. But like Byron, like, how do you actually do this? How do you actually make money? I'll give you a direct example. So when I made um, twenty five thousand, like, really month one in my business, I sat down with um, one of my best friends. And I, and I said, like, look, you've been experienced because I've helped you with your business. I've helped you um, as a bit of a coach for you over the years. Let me brainstorm with you people that you just feel in your heart that would benefit from me helping them in some capacity of their business. We came up with a list of 78 people. And of that list of 78 people, two of those hired me, I think, within 30 to 60 days. Um, and that's actually where I got the, the, the 25K and then later an additional 10,000 from. That is just so... from that exercise. Beautiful. Just directly doing that, right? Like that was how simple it was. But most people don't think it's that easy or that simple, or they think, oh, well, that, like it's got to be more complex. It's got to yeah, be more six complex. email sequence, and you got to make a video and an ebook, yeah. and you got to make. <laughs> it's really that simple, too. You don't have to create all this stuff, like because if you think of it, how many times has someone told you you have to go talk to this person because they have this awesome fill in the blank? And you go talk to them, and now you're like, oh, my God, you're right. That was awesome. I'm going to buy that, or I'm going to check that out, or I'm going to devote time to that. That's how human beings are wired. So you can really do this. And I, I used to, at first, when I heard about how simple this was, I was like, but does that mean I'm using my friends? Like I'm just brainstorming a list of their contacts and mining them for potential clients? And I realized, no, because... I, again, I'm not operating under the expectation that any of those people will be anything to me. I'm just operating under the intention of, here, here's what, who I like serving. Here's who I, I like helping. Does anybody come into your consciousness that you feel I could help? I will then later determine if they're a fit to be my client. I have no way of knowing, but I'm only going to work with them if they're genuinely really excited, like through the roof in alignment with hiring me. Then we'll explore that. And that's the case. So it takes all the pressure off of the people that you know to mm-hmm. make that connection. It's not you're just not mining them for leads. What you're actually doing is just exploring. Hey, can you help me grow my business? I'm going to trust your intuition to connect me with the people that I'm meant to serve, and we'll just see what happens. And it's been really cool. Can I share something else I see in what in that strategy? Yeah, man. It's you know you know how we talked about like you just kind of have to go there and like who who can i love and care for today and who could i ask and who could i share my message with and what i'm up to 
these people that you're sitting with to get that list of 78 people. It's not, it's not like I'm mining my friends for, for leads and opportunities. It's I'm allowing the people around me who love and care for me to love, to love and care for me. I think if people were just willing to realize that there's already uh, human beings who love and care for you and they would do anything to support you, to find ways to support you, uh, to grow, to live a better life, to, to have more joy in your life and also to spread the impact that you can make. (laughs) They're, they're already freaking there. Yes. I think it's a shift in perspective of like, Oh, I'm just, I'm like, I'm taking, taking, taking. It's like, actually, you know what? I think if you were going to ask, they're probably very, very likely to, to want to be there for you. Like, cause they feel useful. They feel purposeful. And the fact that you don't ask them, you know, they, they feel like they're, they're, they're like, how am I not, I'm not contributing. I'm not yes. adding. So we let <laughs> everybody else also be useful. It's, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's beautiful what you're doing, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. You get it, dude. You get the whole ethos around how it works. And like, I feel like now I'm ripping people off if I don't give them the opportunity to help me. If I have that relationship, right? I'm ripping them off of the joy. <laughs> of helping oh, that is a that is a quote i feel like i'm ripping people off if i don't give them the opportunity to help me that is freaking gold right i, I just love that man um and i love that you you dig this and, and understand it and i also by the way in case you still have hang-ups around this like and first of all test it right actually test it see go out and use it in your business for 30 days compared to the, the, all the funnels and webinars and stuff that you were doing before, like just test it, right? And just see what happens. But I'm always happy to return the favor as well. And that's some of my greatest joy is when people are asking me for help and they're like, here's what I'm up to. And I connect them with people. And now like I've noticed I've got this circle of people that all know each other that I'm all interconnecting with. I've got a network that I've cultivated from scratch just by doing this. Like, guess what? I can go in to that network and because I know people and they all know each other and we all know each other together, it's a really fortified network. So if I'm launching anything, if I want an audience, if I want massive feedback, I can go tap right into that network and ask them because they all know each other and there's a real circle of trust and connection that's going on there. And I get to benefit from that too. So I'm just as happy to connect other people together as I am to ask for it back. So. I always feel like there's a cycle there, there's a flow there, and I feel like financial flow gets blocked, and it gets blocked for me especially when I stop asking and I stop giving. It's both, it's not one or the other, it's both, right? It's like water, if we're able to do both, asking and giving and asking and giving, you will be financially successful. Um, Keeping your head buried in your website for like, you know, 10 hour days and just building and building and building and building, you're not asking or giving a damn thing. So you're not making money and that's why. So I wanna change the, 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 the cultural awareness around that and bring more of a connection to the heart of business. And what's cool is once you, you've done that for a while and you've got a message that's airtight, people are like, I know exactly what you're all about. You're clear to me, you're grounded, you make sense. Um, yep, I, I totally get what you're going for. I, there's tremendous value in what you bring to the table and you understand your audience. Now go scale online because now you're truly ready and now you have a platform that can handle that. What's even more beautiful 
about all of this that you're saying, like this, this whole philosophy is that when Byron grows and succeeds and excels and makes a difference and I can see my part in that and I can see, wow, I, you know, I was able to have him on the show and people were able to hear about him and he was able to connect with people and make a difference in their lives. Like there's a sense of pride that I get. There's a sense of joy that I get in seeing you succeed because I, I got to contribute in a, in a little tiny way. And if you're doing that all over the place, like with your beautiful network that you've created, all these people are going to look at each other and be like, wow, I helped, you know, this person, this person, this person, and like, look where they are now. Like, I got to play a role in that. There's something really gratifying and satisfying and fulfilling about that. There's, there, there can only be good. There can only be good from, from allowing that flow to occur, to give and to ask, to give and to ask. Huge, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. That's such a cool observation, too. You give me like goosebumps as I think about that because I'm like, wow, like that is really what I'm doing. I lose sight of that. Like, because sometimes it's easy to get into a feeling of, all right, I mean, I'm going through the motions and who am I meeting with today? What am I doing today? And like, this interview has been really cool for me to just sit back and be like, you're absolutely right. Like, that is what's actually going on and happening. And it's like, gorgeous. Wow, man. Like, that is so freaking cool. Like, whoa. Compare that to where you were. Compare that to where you were. That's I love it. I love it so much. So mm-hmm. I want to be respectful of your time, but I have a few more interviewee uh, kind of questions yeah. that I want to ask you. Go for yeah. it, man. Do you like music? I do like music. What's yes. your power song? That's my power song. Do you have like a that's go-to like... song? You're like, that's going to get me in the mood. I'm going to go speak. I'm going to go on rock a podcast. I'm going to speak with the client. I turn this on and jam out. Great question. I love instrumental music. I love movie okay. score music. I like I like music by Hans Zimmer. Okay, we line up section. again. We line up again with that. <laughs> I love. Um, actually, I love the Tron soundtrack by Daft Punk. Tron. That sound. Yeah, the Tron. When I they love the remixed Tron. one. Yes. 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 D-Rez. Oh, or, there's like there's a whole bunch of great uh, tracks there's on it. My favorite track is the Grid. Um, yes. you hear Jeff Bridges giving a little bit of like background. He's like, and one day I got in for some reason that song like it's really so, gets me. So that's when he's like, like, I got in, I got in, I got yes. in. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. We're going to, we have, we're going to have a lot more to talk about <laughs> in the future. I can, <laughs> I can feel it. Uh, what would you say you're most grateful for? Oh man. Um, the easy answer is my family. Um, I, I think the uh, the real answer is the just reflecting on what we've been talking about the changes that I've been through um, my own release of ego in many ways um, let letting go of uh, so many things that were not me and really finding a, a more beautiful way to live I think that's what I'm most grateful for and just that people cared enough about me like one of my best friends Talia um, had connected with me about two years ago and, and um, she was just kind of checking in on me and seeing how I was doing and you know, I, you know I was in an okay place but uh, she really encouraged me to check out um, who I'm working with now and to just start being completely different in my business and I was highly skeptical and highly resistant and I was just fighting it and I was like I just don't know and she practically had to drag me by the arm uh, to go see this guy and it completely changed my life and so I guess both 
my willingness to to listen and to be open and to be vulnerable and to stop pretending like I knew everything. And then friends like her that actually gave a damn about me, that actually said like, look, I, I, I know this is what's important to you now. I know you're gonna disagree with me. I know you're gonna fight me on this. And in spite of that, I still think this would benefit you. If that's not true love, like I don't know what is. And so for sure, um, having friends like that, and of course my own wife, because she also was right there for me, Bethany, when I made the decision to hire him to step out of this company. She's telling me for years to step out of this company. She knew well before me. So to have that <laughs> support, I mean, she could have easily told me like, no, we've got a baby on the way. We got to hunker down. Like I, now is not the time. I really want you to, um, you know, maybe be more practical with your thinking. She mm. could have shot any of the stuff down um, or I could have had to fight for it. But she was just totally supportive of me. Um, and I think that to me, it just goes back to the people just having uh, just meaningful relationships like that um, and having the opportunity to design an entire business around people like that where I'm meeting and, and, and affecting and impacting other people where I build meaningful relationships like Talia and Bethany have with me, just that I have the opportunity to do that. Um, that's probably what I'm most grateful for. And you're really paying it forward in how you're living your life now. It's huge. Oh, man. Thank you. Oh, what a great question, man. Yeah, what's I feel something great. you're sorry? What's something that you find really easy, but everyone else around you thinks is really hard? I think connecting with people, um, really getting to know people, um, having understanding. I, I think um, and there, because I think for me, going through every medium of, of sales possible. The start of my career, knocking on doors, cold calling people. I had to master and get really good at developing rapport quickly. Um, and then luckily, I was able to translate that into a far more authentic way of actually connecting with people. Um, and I think that is probably one of the things that comes easiest to me is I'm able to understand where a person is coming from, um, whether it be a unique personality type, their level of, of consciousness or their values the personality, et cetera, saying, okay, I can see a piece of myself there. I can, I can go talk to that and show them I understand as opposed to, I don't like that. I don't, I don't, I disagree with who that person is and what they're all about. It's like, no, I can see truth there. I can, I can, I can dig this. I can connect there. I think that's probably uh, one of my superpowers uh, for sure. And I, and I forget that's not always easy for people. <laughs> yeah. What's one action item that's, the individuals listening to this should take based on this conversation? That's a great question. Um, if you are looking to grow your business, whether it's clientele, uh, customers, members, more of an audience, et cetera, um, rather than looking to go to them directly, start with who is in your life that has a significant relationship to you already that has the energy and the vibe of who you wanna serve. And start with that person and say, look, uh, you know me, you've gotten a chance to experience what I'm all about. Uh, there's some element of my personality that I've got going on in my business that, that you've known now for hopefully years. Um, can I sit down with you and just brainstorm ways that you can help me grow my business and grow my impact, whether it's to connect me with people that could be potential customers or clients, protect me, uh, connect me to potential partners or opportunities, 
Um, are there, is there anybody that is hosting a show I can get on and be interview can get my message out there? Like tap into your inner circle of the people that mean the most to you and ask them for help and then return the favor. Ask them how you can help them. And I guarantee not only will you make momentum forward in a far faster, more significant way than you were before, but you'll feel way more fulfilled too. You'll, you'll feel way more energized and, and really aligned with what you're up to as well. Tell us who needs to be connecting with you. I think for me, I love connecting with people that are explorers, um, explorers of truth, explorers of wisdom, um, people that don't necessarily relate to a lot of the ideas right now and how businesses should be built. We talked about you know, content strategies and a lot of just hustle and grind and a lot of that terminology. It's, it's the people that are above that, but still are not sure, how do I actually grow a business? How do I actually make this a viable income for myself and my family and actually make six and seven figures doing what I love, doing it the right way, doing it authentically? And it's someone that just doesn't accept or tolerate BS, someone that really uh, trusts their intuition and operates from a place of wisdom there. I want to talk to you. I want to connect with you. I want to help look at what challenges you're, you're facing in your business and uh, what you're going through. And what, what are the best places to find you? Because you are now online. Yeah, I, <laughs> I am. I do have a website. I know it's, it's crazy. I do have a website. <laughs> So you can check me out if you want to check out the website, um, which I honestly, truthfully just have up just so I can have a website. I don't use it, leverage it. There's no lead capture system on there. I'm not asking for your email address. If you just yeah, want yeah. to study more about me, you can check out Byron Van Pelt, B-Y-R-O-N-V-A-N-P-E-L-T.com. Uh, but I think the best way is just find me on Facebook. Uh, you'll see right now, as of this podcast, you'll see a picture of me holding my daughter up. Um, just add Byron Van Pelt on Facebook. Drop me a line. Just say, hey, I listened to your podcast with Oliver. Um, I just wanted to strike up a conversation with you. I'm always open to a chat because if you resonate with the ideas that we talked about today, I know I'm already going to like you. I know I'm already going to hit it off with you. And if you feel compelled to reach out and have a chat with me, let's chat. Again, no expectations. I just want to get to know you. So, yeah. Love it. And finally, what would you like to be acknowledged for? That I, I cared, that I, I had a real, authentic, meaningful relationship, number one, with my family, number two, with my friends, and number three, with my customers uh, or clients or my audience, that I actually knew what made them tick. I took the time to really get to know them, their idiosyncrasies, what was important to them, and that I actually reflected a deep understanding of those things, that I cared enough to show them I get who you are, I get what means what matters to you, and I get what you're going through, and I'm here for you. And I don't take that relationship lightly. Um, if I can leave that kind of legacy behind and teach other people how to do the same thing, and even teach them how to set that up as the foundation of the business, then I feel like I've achieved what I want. Before we take off, Byron, I want to personally acknowledge you for loving and caring and genuinely getting to know the people around you, your family, your clients, the, the people that, that are, that have the privilege of having a relationship with you. And I also want to acknowledge you for the fact that you're just a courageous human being to do what you have done, to take a leap of faith 
and step into this is my truth. This is what's authentic. This is what's genuine and have faith that you can build a life and succeed from that place. And for doing what's the opposite, doing what's the opposite of what everybody would expect. And that's one by one by one by one, very slow, very patient. And I think it takes a lot of clarity. It takes a lot of insight. It takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of courage to to grow yourself, your life, and your business in that way. And it's something that's, to me, I have to acknowledge you for the fact that that is just so freaking refreshing. It's so refreshing for me to 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 get to know you and to hear your story and to hear your your the, the philosophy of the way that you live and how you operate. So thank you for the privilege. Oh man, dude, you're, you're so welcome. Uh, again, I have chills. This is probably the coolest interview I've ever done, um, hands down, man. Because I feel like you really went to the core. Um, and and I'm gonna go back and like watch this and re-listen <laughs> to this just because of the amazing things that you touched on and what you brought to the table in this conversation. I'm like, yeah, man, like this this really brought up in me a clarity of kind of impact I want to make and I'm sure that you want to make too. So thank you as well for the opportunity and this the wonderful interview. This is awesome. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, man, you got it, dude. You're so welcome. This episode is brought to you by Reinvention Roadmap, a two-day workshop experience I run to help you gain clarity, direction, and confidence in navigating your next big breakthrough. The next Reinvention Roadmap is happening the weekend of March 2nd and March 3rd of 2019. If you are a high achiever and realize that all the things that got you to the success that you are won't get you to what's next, this is for you. We train you in the 10 steps of aligned reinvention, the framework I use with my one-on-one clients over a 12 to 18 month period, synthesized into two jam-packed days. If you're ready for the next level of power and possibility in your life, relationships, and business, head over to reinventionroadmap.ca for tickets and details. And as a special thank you for being a committed listener to the show, use the promo code OMSHOW to save yourself 10% off. Seats are limited to 12, so get your tickets now at reinventionroadmap.ca, promo code OMSHOW. If you'd like to be in touch on the interwebs, I'm fairly active these days on Instagram. You can find me under my full name at Oliver Manalise. I share a ton of posts about life, love, and leadership. And if you have any feedback or suggestions about the show, please hit me up with a DM. And that is all. It is a true honor to have you as a listener. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See you next time.